0: Infinity and beyond. Uh, is this thing on? From here to Infinity War and beyond. Okay. Hello and welcome to another edition of From Here to Infinity War and Beyond. I am your host, Rob Johnson music. Um, And thanks for coming along for the ride again or if this is for your first time thank you for joining me on what no doubt will be another intriguing, intrepid podcast experience. Uh, I'm out on a walk again. Um, This is now my favoured method of podcasting. I will uh, start to, well, just record on a nice country walk, see what happens, talk about whatever the theme of the podcast is for this episode, uh, and see what happens along the way. In previous episodes, we've had, previously, uh, we've had uh, incidents with being, uh, seeing uh, all the wide variety of wildlife. Um, I've followed a squirrel down a tunnel, uh, chased a pheasant, all kinds of things. Been shat on, uh, which actually, let me sidebar already, let me uh, tell you about a nice little, not nice, well, incident that occurred last week. I was waiting to get my hair cut, I was 10 minutes early, so I thought I'm not going in yet, I'll just sit on the Sit on a bench in the Market Square, in the town where I currently reside, and uh, yeah, just waiting, looking on Twitter. (laughs) There's some liquidy substance on my phone, and then I look to my left, the shoulder, and realise I've been completely shat on by a bird. So yeah, it seems to be a regular occurrence for me. frantic, frantically having to go to the public toilets paying 20p to try and uh, rinse off my because it was raining raincoat it was horrendous it we couldn't it, like the the water came out as one of those where you press it and the water comes out like fucking Niagara Falls so it covers me trousers everything I was covered in water and shit. It was horrendous it was not what you want five to ten minutes before you have to go and get your haircut. Luckily enough I seemed to get most of the debris off me. Um, and no one asked any questions about my trousers, so other than that, it was a good haircut. I was later reliably informed that <clears throat> it's good luck being shat on, so <laughs> it remains to be seen, that we shall uh, see. Hopefully, it's not going to be third time lucky on this podcast, but if it is, I'm sure you'll, it'll be for your listening enjoyment if such a thing occurs, so What is this podcast about? Well, it's not about shit and being shot on. Oh my god. It's about Marvel, DC, Star Wars, uh, and uh, any other interesting movie news that might occur in the last week. Um, Big thing this week, obviously, Thor Ragnarok came out yesterday. I went to see it yesterday. So. You're going to have my spoiler filled ramble review shortly, uh, and yeah, I'll warn you now it's going to be spoiler heavy. I'm not going to hold back. Uh, it kind of it sucks because for some reason, with Marvel films, America gets them at least one week later, and I think it does it's, I think it's still like nine days before it comes out in America. So it's one instant. It used to be back in the day, films would come out in America and we'd get them three months later. I remember ordering Region 1 DVDs off PlayUSA.com to watch them before they even came out in the cinema. That's how bad it was. Now we seem to get a day-and-date release around the world, which is, I think, how it should be in this digital distribution age. But for some reason, Marvel's still... Still has it, rest of the world, a week before and then America later. It must be for the press and the promo, because they hit everywhere, but it's, I mean, all the reviews are out. If you wanted to find out what happened in Thor Ragnarok, you could, just by listening to this podcast. If you're living in America, it just, if it was the other way around, it would really annoy me, so it must be really annoying for uh, Americans. Uh, anyone living in America same deal is when Infinity War comes out next year it's out a week earlier everywhere else and you'd have thought if they were going to go day and day on any film it would be that film because it's going to be like the biggest film ever literally probably Def- maybe not in terms of box office but definitely in terms of how much it's costing currently I would have thought um, yeah, so other than that, the other news is yesterday they start. I think they started production on Venom, I thought I'd like talk a little bit about this, because it's the movie nobody wants, uh, they're only starting it now, I read today that Andy Serkis said Tom Hardy is doing performance capture on a Marvel movie, so it's obviously Venom, So and it comes out I think in under a year's time. So they're sort of almost hand Solo-y deadlines. It's a real tight turnaround for this film. But it's got Michelle Williams in it, it's got, um, what's his name? Riz Ahmed, uh, Jenny Slate. So it's got a really good cast, and Tom Hardy obviously. Really good cast, but it's a very confusing movie because we don't know. It's not the MCU, but they're gonna latch onto it. I guess that is a pun simps you know the symbiote whatever it's a bad pun you know but um because seemingly the peter parker in this universe is going to be tom holland i don't know if it's set in the future don't know anything how you have a venom movie without spider-man who knows is he going to be in the film he can't be in the film it's too confusing for audiences are they going to allude to him it's weird it's just a It's one of those, this is a Batman vs Superman project in that it's been hovering around Hollywood for ages. They've been trying to make a Venom movie for ages. Previously it was Kurtzman and Ortsy or one of those guys was going to do it. Now it's um, Ruben Flesher, the guy who did Zombieland. He's directing it. But it just seems like it's one of those properties or movies that... The studio heads are like no we'll do it we'll do it hang on it's weird sounds and I'm just about to go into the woods oh it's creepy in here it's always creepy in here it smells like burning as well <sighs> I hope you can hear these atmospheric woodland effects not added on by me legit okay where, where should we go? Should we go up there? We... Now I'll go my normal way. I'll go my Infinity War podcast way. Anyway, what was I talking about? Venom. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's a uh, weird. It's a weird film. It's, it's. They. They don't do. What they should be doing you no know, you know it's and this also ties into that whole spider-man universe that they were trying to do after amazing spider-man 2 we were going to have the sinister six and all that there's going to be a sinister six movie without spider-man again everyone was like how's that going to work well it didn't work because they never made it you've you've now got spider-man firmly established in the mcu it's per- everyone loves him it's great we're gonna have this other animated spider-man Miles Ma- morales movie coming out at Christmas next year, which is potentially confusing, although not because it's going to be animated, but still, it's yeah, there is the potential for confusion there. We're walking past a big spider now, just in the you know, And it's disappeared. Oh my god, it's probably on me. Fuck. How weird, just talking about Spider-Man and then a giant spider. Oh, that's so creepy. Oh god. Now we're just walking up past the half-sized man part of the, the woods. Um Fuck what was I just talking about? Oh yeah, Spider-Man blah blah blah. Since as this as is six. Oh no, there's a person now. This is weird. I'm just going to look like a crazy person. I don't know. Hiya. I'm not talking to myself. I'm in the woods. La la la. Okay. <laughs> see, this is the perils of podcasting on the move. In this creepy ass woods. That guy could be a killer or something. If I see a mound of recently dug up earth i'm gonna run i'm gonna just run oh anyway where the what the hell anyway you get the nature of this podcast anything can happen you can walk past serial killers in the woods giant spiders can attack me it's what's weird is that this is the path less traveled you don't expect to see people in this path it always freaks me out when you do and they're not podcasting so what the hell are they doing digging up earth to bury the bodies (laughs) okay what was I talking about uh Spider-Man Venom Sinister Six. this must be so annoying to listen to man walks in woods loses train of thought why am I listening to this podcast because it's entertaining and anything could happen and at any moment the presenter could be shit on from above that's not entertainment i don't know what is so yeah venom venom now in production obviously i mean i thought we're all i think we're all going to see it but and it's tom hardy he's not going to mess it up it's just what is this i i i I thought like the life idea with it's a sequel to life that's interesting because the the end of that movie is so crazy it's like you want to know you want to see what happens next but they'd probably mess it up um yeah what i was saying is how they the executives want to plow on with these franchises like sinister six or venom and that's not what people want and another prime example of this i don't think i spoke about this on the podcast but i definitely t- <laughs> i definitely tweeted about it is that new x men spin-off, The New Mut- Mutants, which is, uh, check out the trailer, see what you think, but I thought, what the f... It's, this, it's like a horror, X-Men horror movie. It's legit an X-Men horror movie. It's like, didn't we just see The New Mutants at the end of Logan with a leader in, is her name D23? I don't know, not D23, but X20. X, I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but the the little girl in, and Logan, who's amazing and a badass. Why are we not having a New Mutants movie? Oh, it's so creepy in this room. I hope you can hear all this weird sound. With her as the centre of it. No, we're having it set in an asylum with. horror. It's just like, okay, fine. They're, trying, they're appealing to like 13 year olds, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone in this view, but. I've just watched it and my first question was, why does this not star? Why is this not based around who we saw and was established in Logan? And I guess the answer is Logan was its own thing, it's locked off, blah, 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 but they're nuts. That's the movie they should be making. So yeah, Venom sort of ties into that, but regardless, it means in 2018 we're going to have Deadpool 2, we're going to have Black Panther, we're going to have Avengers Infinity War have Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, Aquaman, and Venom, and loads more. So it's still a good time to be alive for comic book movies, just you don't want them to make the mistakes of the past or whole new mistakes when you see a film, a film like Thor, Thor, Ragnarok, that gets so many things right. Um, in fact, any Marvel picture really. They've hit their stride, they know what they're doing. Okay, with that, let's jump on to the review of Raggers. Thor Ragnarok went to see it yesterday. Full disclosure, IMAX 3D. Oh man, there's so much shit on the ground. It's like, if you have a, a dog, you have to bag it and bin it. Horse, fucking shit everywhere. No problem. You can just imagine, you're walking with your dog. Dog takes a big shit, you have to get the thing out of your pocket clean it up. And then a horse, horse rider just walks by, hello, and this. Ju-ju-ju-ju. This all this shit chundering out of it. As you're holding your little doggy bag. Insane. Absolutely insane. Or well, maybe not, maybe that's why maybe that's why people use horse manure in their garden. Anyway, I've spoken about shit a lot on this in podcast and I Thor Ragnarok, yeah so I saw it in IMAX 3D. Um which was normally I hate hate 3D. Um what I think about the 3D on this movie is okay. I think now we got to the stage where it really is gimmicky though. Um, I don't think it's adding anything. It, it wasn't filmed in 3D so it's so that's my baseline on 3D if it's not filmed in 3D then there's no point watching it in 3D because it's just it's been churned out by people in well you know they farm it out to um, different studios to do the the 3D conversion and it's basically I mean it's it it gives it a weird look essentially it's not when I mean, we- weirdly, someone who crafts his movie in 3D is someone like Michael Bay. You say what you want about him, but he shoots those Transformers movies in 3D, and I think it's the absolute peak of the, apart from Avatar, the, of 3D visually. So you've got to shoot it in 3D. Um, and Thor wasn't, so I would say, the, the My observation, I haven't seen a film of 3D in 3D a, in a little while, and the... the Glasses weren't as dark as they normally are, so I don't know if they I don't know if that's just the power of the IMAX and it's beaming and really. It's everything's very bright, or they have fixed up those glasses a bit. But the, I think it was back in the day. It's like you lose immediately, like thirty percent of the brightness or the color with those glasses on. Um, anyway, that seems to be a little better, but it still gives you this. It's it's almost like you're looking at a cutouts of Thor placed three metres in front of the a cutout of the background. You know, they look like paper. <laughs> it's just a weird this is a weird um image to look at. Uh yeah, anyway, um so I, I prefer i would say, you know, watch it in two D, there's no point in three D but there was this was we want to see it in IMAX, this was the only option. Unfortunately. Um yeah, so I thought it was uh I loved it. The all of the three Marvel movies this year I'd say this was the best. Then Spidey, then Guardians. Um I thought this was quite close to the first uh Guardians in terms of tone. Uh, it's funny all the way through. At the start it was a little in fact the first two minutes, probably first ten minutes, sorry, two on the nose, like it, it starts with Thor basically talking to the audience, which is a way to catch people up. Because this, this movie assumes a lot of knowledge. I mean, you can still, if this was your first MCU movie, you could still watch it, obviously. But it's a direct follow-up to, like, three films, isn't it? It's a direct follow-up to Thor 2, to Age of Ultron, and also Civil War, I guess. Um even though it's probably happening at the same time as the Civil War. And, but it brings in elements of a lot of other movies, particularly Thor, the Thor series. Um, but yeah, the, so at the beginning, and then he, he like, Thor's, because he's trapped by Surtur, I think that's how you say his name, Surtur, I don't know. Um, and he's talking to a skeleton, but it's not revealed initially, so it's as though he's talking to us. Um, and he says, he makes some offhand remark about the Infinity Gems and how he hasn't been able to find any. And that's I was a bit disappointed because it's like, well, what have you been doing for two years, man? Um, no, it doesn't happen at the same time because it's, he says he says it's two years since Age of Ultron. And we assume it's one year since Civil War. I'm just going up, trying to find a patch of ground to sit on. Oh, yeah, that was really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and then the other the other thing in the first ten minutes is, I, when we're on Asgard. So hang, on, hang on, Oh yeah, he. So he's fighting that like dragon monster. He calls out for Heimdall. Heimdall's not there, and Scourge lets him in, and he has the. Then the, the head of this dragon comes with him. And I think that's where it cuts to saying Thor Ragnarok as well, it's very cool. Um, And then he goes to see Odin, who's obviously Loki, watching the play of how Loki died. There's a statue of Loki, so Thor immediately is like, what's up? And I think he immediately figures out what has happened. Um, I'm probably missing something there. This is, I'm not a good recapper of plots. (laughs) So, yeah, enjoy listening to the rest of this podcast. Um, No, but the other thing that took me out of the movie, literally took me out, was when it's, you know, it's Matt Damon playing Loki, which is quite funny. No, I mean, it is funny, but he he has a little too much screen time and you you just think, that's Matt Damon, that's Matt Damon. If it was just like one shot and then it cuts, it would be, I feel like that would be stronger. And then leaving you thinking, what, was that really Matt Damon? But anyway... And it's also Sam Neill playing Odin, which was probably dealt with uh, a little more, less kind of in-your-face than the Matt Damon cameo. Anyway, it's, it's, just, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Matt Damon now randomly cameos in gigantic films like Interstellar. Um, and also, it's, it's, it's Chris Worth's older brother playing Thor at that point. Um yeah but the I'm not going to go through the plot but the the movie kind of escalates and escalates and escalates it's like it starts and there's a person on the right of me I'm in the big field now where there should be no one and there's a person over there two people oh man I need to make my getaway um Yeah, it's like it starts at zero and it keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up up to like 10, 20, 20, 30. You have a new, it's sort of the start. It's like, start of the movie, then you have the Matt Damon thing, then you have Doctor Strange, then you have Hella, uh, Odin, it just escalates and escalates and I was watching it. And the music at the same time is really cool, it's brilliant. Um, Mark Mothers, but I don't know his name. But he—it's—it has this sort of—I don't know—80s synth vibe, as, alongside the classical orchestral big movie score you'd expect, and it incorporates the two. And then when we're in um, the Sanctum Sanctorum, it has the whole harpsichordy, oh, Doctor Strange music. It incorporates all the other. Um, Themes from like Avengers and Thor that we should do. It's just really enjoyed the music. Thought it was really good. Um, yeah, the Doctor Strange bit was brilliant. I'm, s- I'm still not sold on Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, but getting there more and more. He was more, much more like Doctor Strange in this in this movie than he was in Doctor Strange. But he was only, he was only really Doctor Strangey towards the end. But he just felt more like him, but it's still, oh, that's Benedict Cumberbatch playing Dr. Strange, as opposed to, you see Danny Jr. playing Tony Stark, and you think, that's Tony Stark, or you see Chris Evans, or Chris Hemsworth, and you're like, that's Thor, that's um, Captain America. But hopefully it's going to change for Infinity War, and you just think that's Dr. Strange, but for me anyway, I still think that's Cumberbatch. But then I, I think that about him and everything, in everything. Sherlock Holmes, in Sherlock. Anyway, gonna get lost here. Last time I was here, it was all foggy. Now it's all, sort a really nice day. Bit of wind, but it's quite hot. Weird for an October, October 25th. Um. Oh yeah, and then, yeah, you. Because in my, the back of my mind, I was watching this, I knew, all right, we've got, going we to have the Doctor Strange bit, Hulk's in this, and Jeff Goldblum. So you have these things in your back of your mind when you're seeing all this crazy stuff. Like, Hella, I think Hella immediately, easily becomes, apart from Loki, the best villain in a Marvel movie, hands down. thought she was great. I was surprised by the revelation that she's Thor and Loki's sister, I'm not sure that is the case in the comic. Um, I was kind of hoping at the end, because it, it's not. I mean, we see uh, Asgard blow up, but I, you know she's obviously not dead. Um, but we don't see what happens to her. And I was kind of hoping one of the post credits would just have her in like a shawl or a hooded cloak thing, and so we can we know that she's death and that she's going to be a big part of Infinity War but they reference death and call her the goddess of death enough times that I think it's pretty obvious that's who Thanos is going to be courting um, to impress her by killing half the universe, is what happens in the comics. Um, but yeah, I thought she was great. I like the touch where she kind of uh, like puts her hand through her hair and then the horns come up. There's a great scene where you just see the horns, the shadow of the horns, as she's walking. A uh, little disappointed with the army of the undead. Oh, it's, it was, but it was cool to see her bring back a giant wolf thing. But how many times do we need to see an undead army rise? Uh, and they were just then nondescript, standard nondescript Marvel baddies. Could have been Chitauri. Could have been Ultrons. Um what else then we get to I thought what's her name is her name Tessa Thompson thought she was great as I don't know her name's not Valkyrie is it what's her name oh man that's bad I can't remember her name but I thought she was really good she was really badass actually especially when um towards the end when uh Ruffalo is driving the uh, Jeff Goldblum's party (laughs) party um spaceship and she jumps out onto the other spaceship and then Thor goes to help her. I so thought that was pretty um pretty cool. Uh yeah I thought she anyway, I thought she was a great character. She but she's that is a, a good addition to the MCU. Um Jeff Goldblum as the as the Grandmaster. It's like if you couldn't have a more Jeff Goldblum um role, it was just I mean, he's hands down my favorite actor ever, and he has this ability to be completely fucking ridiculous, but you buy it at the same time. You could just tell by that. It's the first, the first time we see him. He's like going, mm, uh, mm. but you, there's a look in his eye, and it's he's taking it seriously. So we take it seriously, and then he can do whatever he wants. And it looks like they, they just said, okay, just. Jeff Goldblum, this up. I bet he still plays it. He's it, very. You can you buy it that he's Vinicio del Toro's brother. I've. I mean, please God, let us see them two in a scene together, with Thanos as well. My mind will be blown. Um. But yeah, no, it's just a uh, another fantastic addition. It could easily have been hammy and cheesy, but there's there's something about Jeff Goldblum that while he is that he isn't at the same time and he, you absolutely buy whatever it is that he's doing or saying and he was he was yeah absolutely perfect in this role um i thought Taika watiti i've probably said his name wrong the director was i mean, absolutely phenom- phenomenal everything I, I i you know it's like he made a movie for me but the the visuals were stunning throughout, and that, that the iconography of this film just shows you in the in the in the credits where they sh, they sort of show you these. <laughs> ironically, when you're watching it in three D, two D, kind of silhouettes in sort of two two colours, or very simple of big action points in the in the movie. And it, I don't know if it's based on concept art or whatever, but they've. They're, they're very strong visuals that have gone into almost every frame of the film and it's it just makes it, you know, you're watching, a, you're, you're watching something that's been constructed very, very expertly. Even though it has this amazing, offbeat, loose, improvised feel, because apparently 75% of it was improvised or something. Um... Yeah, it's just, it was just a, it's a great, it was a great Marvel movie, I, I would say it's one of the it's top five for me, it was, it was fantastic. I loved him as, because he plays, oh, what's the guy's name, it's Korg or something, like the, the stone guy, Sure, it begins with a K, and just pretty much whatever he says is hilarious, I'm glad that he didn't die, um, but it's just very funny. Uh, oh, I haven't spoken about the Hulk, the Hulk was um, interesting, but in a, in a good way, it's um, definitely an evolution of, of Hulky, in that he's there's a lot to be made of how he speaks now, and, but he has the vocabulary of a toddler. So it's, it is very funny, and it, I think it worked especially well because of um, Chris Hemsworth and, as Thor. They just have a, they had a very good chemistry. It was very funny. Um, yeah, I mean, who'd have thought you're going to get to see naked Hulk? Um, I think that's probably though. It's all stemmed from the from Tiker and his kind of offbeat approach to the movie even though it's tackling deadly serious stuff like the extermination of Thor's world you still get to see uh, Hulk's bare ass if you wanted to it's a film literally has something for everybody <laughs> um, but the the design of of the Hulk is it it evolves with every film that he's in but it's very cool the armor's very cool his attitude at the start is, I mean the whole fight was was awesome really funny um, Loki's reactions were funny uh, I liked the scope of it it was massive um, the arena that they're in and Tessa oh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's her name I'm just going to say Tessa Thompson but I'm not sure if that's her name when she's sitting up in her spaceship, like right at the top, having a drink, thought that was cool. Um there's a there's a sense of scale and spectacle and you feel like you're on that planet. Sir uh is it Sakaar? This is a problem when you do a podcast by yourself. You've got no one to bounce these questions off. You just have to sound like a maniac in the woods. Saying, like, Is it Thompson? Is it Sakar? Um what else do I want to say about about raggers? Oh yeah, the so I was I think I mentioned on this podcast in weeks previously how I'd heard that the the story of Ragnarok was self-contained um, and didn't lead into the MCU as such, and it's that's that's pretty much true. I think when they announced it was Ragnarok at the the MCU, this the future of the MCU, where they announced all those films back in 2014, everyone thought, right, well, some Asgard's going to blow up and that's going to lead into Infinity War. I mean, that is essentially what is happening, but Asgard blows up because Thor and Loki deem that it needs to blow, blow up. And Asgard is not Asgard, it's the, not the physical place, it's where the people are. So now Asgard is on the spaceship. Uh, and then the first pro- so there is, it is it is very much a self-contained story, but there are, as always, uh, mentions to the, well, a bit of, this one's for, for Bavo, foreshadowing to what's coming, and it also answers a few questions, so the obvious ones are when Hella is in Odin's trophy room, and then she walks past the infinity gauntlet that's there and just says fake and pushes it over, that answers... Not so much a plot hole, but they have introduced two gauntlets. We've seen two separate gauntlets on the screen. and Now we know that that one's fake. That's an easy way to do it, but it's a nice little, you know, it's a way to adjust fans. It's the same thing as Stanley being the watchers at the end of Guardians 2. And then the other big one that I noticed, well, it's pretty obvious, but when Loki is later in the same trophy room, he walks past the Tesseract and then looks at it. So, obviously, he's going to nick it. Um, so, yeah, but then I I, I was... I really wanted... I, I, basically, in every um, MCU movie, I want Thanos to be in it. So, I'm always a little disappointed when he's not. And I thought he was going to be in some shape or form when they had that whole... The, the YouTube kind of... That movie with Thor being in that apartment in Australia and he had that... Drawing of the purple man on the throne. I thought they were going to address it, but I guess unfortunately they've learned a bad lesson from Guardians. One, in that don't put Thanos in it because people are going to complain. I don't know. But equally, apparently, Thanos is the main character in Infinity War, so that's when it's going to blow my mind. But I just think he's such a strong character such an imposing presence that just but we know he's still obviously out there it's just i would i really want to see him on film again that's all i guess so i'm a little disappointed but um and then the the final post credits was oh the grandmaster coming out of his party bus and saying that they were even but he can't die he won't die i hope he comes back hope he's in infinity war um, I thought it was hilarious when they pressed that button on that shift and he goes, It's my birthday. <laughs> that's a ridiculously classic Jeff Goblin moment. Um yeah, so I I'm and that's a four and a half out of five movie for me. It was it I it did lag a little when you're getting into all the um, the sort of adventury bits towards the end. I thought Idris Elba played it a little too straight when everyone else was playing it very loose and offbeat. But then he had, he had uh, to be serious, I guess, because of what was happening to his character. Also, Carl Urban as Scourge. It was cool that he turned on her at the end, but yeah, it was a bit. We saw it coming. Um, yeah. I think that just about wraps it up for my rant, r- rant ramble review of uh, *Raggers*, *Thor: Ragnarok*. Um, let me know what you thought of the movie. You can tweet me at Infinity War Pod. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. You can check out—I'm not sure if I'm sure—I play music on this podcast. So, if I do, it's by me, and you can check all my music out at RobJohnsonMusic.com. Um, please also please subscribe and. like and all that stuff and give me a review on iTunes if you would feel so generous Um, I'm going to aim to have this on more podcast outlets other than just iTunes but it took it was ridiculous to actually get it on iTunes so I'm just kind of reveling in it being on iTunes at the minute Uh, you can also check out my other podcast worst appendix ever which is my podcast about recovery I haven't done another episode of that but there is one episode up um, and more episodes of that will be forthcoming and you can uh, follow me on twitter for that as well at worst appendix yeah that's about it have a good week and I'll talk to you soon bye bye